It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Wednesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. I'm Paul Dottino. He is Super Bowl champion uh, tight end Howard Cross. So glad you could be with us for the next hour to talk New York Giants football. Our phone number is 201-939-4513. You can find us on Twitter at hashtag GiantsChat. And you can always find an archive of this show and our entire podcast network on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcasts. Uh, The wind is kicking up here today as the Giants were out to to practice about an hour or so ago, Howard. Mm -hmm. It's uh, gray, cloudy, windy, chilly, uh, but nonetheless, uh, the Giants are preparing to take on the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday Night Football on the road following their win over Carolina. The one Giant who, besides the injured players who are still working their way back, who is not out there, is Jabril Peppers. We know that yesterday the Giants had to put him on injury reserve. He's out for the season Mm. because of a ruptured ACL and an ankle sprain that, um, as Joe Judge said, really hurts because of the emotion and the leadership skills that he brings. He's a good player, but he has a lot of intangibles that he brings to this locker room. And Joe Judge says uh, it it really hurts to see a guy like that who gives everything of himself to the team Mm. and does everything the coaches ask him to do to see him go down. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough, you know, when you have your emotional leader go down. But you, you, they, they still had a lot of guys, you know. Blake Martinez has gone down. He was one of those guys. It's he like a, an epidemic. He has a C on his chest. Another guy to see is like, don't put the C on my chest. Let me just go out <laughs> and play. They're like the, the guys, all right? the guys with the C's except for, you know, for Daniel and have have gotten a little dinged up. It's and, a jinx, and, right? Yeah, no, I don't know about a jinx, but, you know, yeah, that C, it's, C's not looking good this year. The C's not looking good. Keep it off the chest of the Giants. All right. Now, the Giants are fortunate in that Julian Love has, mm-hmm. you know, came into the league as a corner, but has played a lot of safety since he got to the Giants. So between Logan Ryan, Xavier McKinney, and Julian Love, they've got three accomplished safeties that they can still put on the field. Yeah, they got three safeties. They've had a lot of playing time. You know, they got they got two guys that they, they feel like are really getting it done, and they got Love that's coming in now. That's going to get an opportunity because Love plays on the slot. He plays a little bit of everywhere, so he hits us all the right, all the right notes, so to speak. The thing that's going to be interesting to me is that, you know, when they play that package where he's kind of like the wheel backer, will they will they let him do that, or will that become Xavier McKinney's spot? It's going to be very interesting to see who who moves down, you know, kind of in the box to kind of rattle the cages of the offense. Now there will be some help probably coming along in a couple of weeks because Aaron Robinson, the rookie third round pick, is not ready yet. Mm-hmm. They just brought him off the IR to start practicing only a little over a week ago. But the Giants do believe, and they've said this since they drafted him, that he's got because of his size the potential to play some safety. Okay. So once he gets ready, maybe in another two or three weeks, I don't know exactly how long it's going to take before mm-hmm. they can give him some snaps, he might also be able to help out some. Well, you're going to need, a, you're going to need an extra body because when you play in the box and you're safety, you, you tend to get in the, in the middle of some hits and some blocks that are a little tough on you. So 
you know, hopefully you get a guy coming in, like I said, bringing Robinson, that, that he can come in and, and just pick up where some of these other guys have left off and be the next man up for real. Now, let me ask you something, Howard, because you played tight end so many years in this league, and Travis Kelsey has certainly become one of the more prolific tight ends that we've seen in the National Football mm-hmm. League. There are teams that will still occasionally put a linebacker on him, but a lot of times you'll see a safety on him. Mm-hmm. I remember Coach Parcells, um, when the Giants had Jeremy Shockey, and he was in Dallas, he took the Cowboys' uh, secondary and said, I'm going to put a corner on Shockey. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I remember a coach lining up a corner man-to-man on a tight end. How would you expect the Giants' secondary to deal with uh, Kelsey? I have no idea. And, and that's to be honest with you. I mean, it, they got to put somebody in. If it were me, I'd put somebody in front of him, no matter where he was on the field, and make them bump him off the ball. Kind of get him off his rhythm, out of his route, uh, uh, you know, disrupt the timing a little bit. You know, their their offensive line has been, you know, uh, they they spend a lot of money on them, but they have been struggling. Mm-hmm. Hope, and hopefully they don't get that fixed anytime soon. But, you know, they just been struggling. So you, what you do is you, you bump the receivers, especially tight ends like Kelsey because he's usually the closest guy running the route to the quarterback and try to get him out of his rhythm of the, of the play. And if you can do that, and maybe you'll, you'll you know, you can, you can slow him down a little bit. But the things are going to be all predicated on them, um, like how long Patrick can hold on to the ball. If Patrick can run around a little bit and buy himself some time, it doesn't matter if you bump the tight end or bump any of the receivers, and they'll get open eventually. But the ideal is to put somebody over his head and bump him right off the ball. Now, to do that, you got to be able to have the physicality necessary to hold up against him because he's a pretty big guy. Mm-hmm. Would it be better, and this is why some teams still will use a linebacker on him, someone like Lorenzo Carter, who was certainly big, strong, and physical, now, he may not have the kind of cover skills that you'd want, but to be able to execute the jam off the line of scrimmage, is that maybe a better idea? No, the jam off the line of scrimmage has nothing to do with coverage. It's just no, a, no, but I'm saying, know, in other words, to stop him from getting off at the very beginning it, of the round. It depends if Lorenzo is if, is really bringing pre, a heat on the, co- uh, the quarterback, then you know bumping him is like giving Kelsey a chance to chip him. <laughs> so, you know, it's six and one half a dozen the other. It, it, it's going to be somebody who's going to be over him and, and bump him. Make him step out. Don't let him step inside. Make him step inside when he wants to get on the outside. Make him shuffle a little bit. You don't have to be big and physical to bump him to stop him out of the route. You just need him to take a couple more steps before he gets started. Now, on the other side, uh, we, we talk about the great tight end that they have. They also got a great wide receiver in Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, uh, you know, some of the Giants players talking about, he's just very special on how he gets open mm-hmm. and then gets the yak yardage, the yards after the catch. We have seen the Giants pretty much go straight up. There have been, they haven't been shadowing James Bradbury this year on the best receiver on the other team. Mm-hmm. Would you shadow Bradbury on Hill or just play it the way the Giants have played it so far? Uh, on Hill, if with, the problem with teams are having with Hill is that they're, they're trying to shadow him, right, and they're trying to chase him around, and he's really fast. So Hill just waiting. If the play breaks down, he's able to, quote, unquote, get outside the play and then move on and, and catch the ball and get downfield. That's where the yak and everything happens. So the best way to do is kind of keep him in a shell and keep him underneath. So when he catches the ball, you rally to make the tackle. If you try to play him one-on-one or try to put somebody's shadow on him, you're just opening the Pandora's box and giving him a chance to get open down the field because he's going to run his route. Mm-hmm. And after he runs it, he's going to just go deep. And then you're just in chase position. And the problem is you don't know when he's going to decide to do it. And that's what – if you watch games – 
that's what's been the big issue with him. People trying to cover him. He'll run his route. He'll run a stop, a hitch, an out. He'll run a cross, a deep cross, or whatever. But if the, if the play breaks down a little bit, he takes off for the end zone. Well, see, and that's mm-hmm. why primarily he's been able to make his living. Mm-hmm. Now, at the same time, in recent games – I've seen teams play the two deep Tampa two, Mm -hmm. and I've seen teams play a lot of quarters Mm -hmm. saying, like what you said, we're going to keep those guys, Hill and Kelsey, in front of us. Mm -hmm. We're not going to give them the chance for yak yardage. I've also seen teams use a lot of six and seven defensive backs, Howard, where they have actually gone not just with nickel, but they've gone dime and quarter coverage to go with as many as seven defensive backs, figuring that their offensive line in Kansas City hasn't been able to do much anyway to keep out the heat. So you can get there with four and then just play seven DBs, which gives you more speed and athleticism in a zone to contain the yak yardage. How dangerous is that? Or Because it has been somewhat effective. Do you think Kansas City can counter that? Yeah, they can if they, you know, what's what's going on with Kansas City right now is that they, they ha- they've lost the ability to run the ball. Yes, right. they have. Well, Hilaire Edwards is out with a knee injury. Yeah, well, you lose you lose the ability to run the ball. It, it kind of puts pressure on your quarterback. Uh, unfortunately, the, you know, Kansas City's been a great team, and everybody's been excited about them for a long time. But the problem is that the people don't actually recognize what's going on. All, all the games, or not all the games, a lot of the games were like Kansas City is down by two touchdowns going into the fourth quarter, then they come back. Kansas City's down by 17 points going into the, into the third quarter, and then they come back. You, you those comebacks are great, but you don't get to come back every time. And now that the that the offensive line is 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 a little lacking, and and Patrick's running around for his life back there, he can't make the same throws because he doesn't have the same angles to get rid of the ball. Where things were, oh, this will work. Now guys are kind of like holding back. And like I said it's, they're playing the shell, and he's throwing the ball, and there are people there to kind of intercept it and knock it down. When before he was throwing the ball, and like there was no one there because. Guys would go deep, and you just didn't know what to do with it. So with with pressure, and I mean you know, a, a lot of pressure, he becomes a bit ordinary, and he's still a, a super talented kid, but he, he becomes a bit ordinary with a lot of pressure because he's running for his life. You mentioned how they're getting behind, Howard. Uh, through the first half this year, they are a combined minus 52 in points to the opposition. They that, have been playing from behind. That would be every year that Patrick's been, you know, being <laughs> I, I still don't know why that is, but that like that's been their big thing is they came remember the Super Bowl they won? They came from behind. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's their team. Um very interesting notation. And I know you're gonna tell me now that that I'm the cooler, but I'm not I'm not gonna don't, go that don't, far. Do not do, I'm not gonna go don't. that far, but I will give you I will give you I will give you a very interesting fact. Um, Andy Reid is now in his ninth season as head coach mm-hmm. of the Kansas City Chiefs. And when they lost last week to Tennessee 27-3, um, it was the first time uh, that they had been held without a touchdown. Look, and that and and that's a long time. That's a long time, but that has nothing. Just, I love stats because stats are what they are. But you can only look at the players. All that does is fire up everybody on the offense. So those guys. Well, that's why I the, thought them, you might you might throw those guys, the cooler name at me. Those guys are so fired up right now to prove Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, Patrick, all those guys, Kelsey. They're all like fired up. Everybody's being challenged today. Like, how can this happen? Challenging the offensive line. 
you know, you paid you all this money. People are whispering. They're, they're reading their own press clippings. So, you know, clippings are great when they're positive, but when they're bad, you read them too. So, like, they're going to be fired up when we see them out in Kansas City. Crowd's going to be crazy. And if the Giants have any shot in the game, they're going to be got to play a flawless game. And that's, you know, something that we've been struggling with. Well, now, let me ask you about the Giants before we get to our phone calls at 201-939-4513. We do have one person on hold. I'll get to you in just a minute. Howard, we saw the Giants' defense show up big time last week against a weakened Carolina offense. Okay. They didn't have much of a running game. Offensive line wasn't very good. Sam Donald was being Sam Donald. Okay, I understand all of that. They lost their most important player. But having said those things, mm-hmm. this Giants' defense was clicking on all cylinders last week for four quarters, first time they've done that all year. How likely is it that that was the turning point for this defense and that moving forward they could or we should expect more of that as opposed to what we saw the first month and a half? You do it one time in a row, it's an accident. You do it two times in a row, it becomes a tendency. That's what everybody usually says. Right. And what what they got to do this week coming up is that they got to get pressure on Patrick, like that crazy pressure that he's been feeling all year long. If they can do that and, you know, and the DBs catch the ball when it's thrown to them, they could they could have a chance. And they can't go with the whole, oh, Patrick threw us an interception. Now he's going to throw a lot of interceptions. So we're going to start creeping up and trying to make plays on the ball. Clearly they just throw it over their heads. So you got to you got to be disciplined to the bitter end because remember that seventeen down is not a lot down to the sky. Yeah. So tell and, me about and, it. And twenty down is not a lot down to the sky, and you got to score on this guy and you got to figure out a way to you know stop him. I mean, I, hey, I wish him all luck in the world. I just don't wish him any luck this week. Yeah, I give you a number. Uh, you mentioned the pressure, uh, Howard. This year, between hurries, quarterback hits, and sacks. That combined number is 72 on Patrick Mahomes, tied for the second most of any quarterback in the league. And by comparison, Daniel Jones' number is only 55. Mm. So that shows you how much trouble the Kansas City offensive line has had. Just think about that for a minute. And this is a guy who, by the way, has a lot of mobility. And he's still getting... Hit and yeah, pressure that, that, that much. That means they're getting instant pressure. That when you get instant pressure, it, it's really hard to get away from, and that's what you want to do for a guy. Those guys in the middle, when they're coming off the ball and getting right up on the quarterback's face, they, you know, big Dexter, <laughs> when he gets off the ball right up in your face, it's hard to get away from somebody that big with long arms. And you got to go to the edge. You go into the edge and Azua and and which color on both sides coming in on you. It, it's it's really tough. And right now, and against the last offensive line that struggled, the defensive line played very well. Not this week? This week, they got another offensive line that's struggling. They Orlando got, Brown has been struggling, yeah. left tackle all year. And now, Luau Dang was, um, was replaced at right tackle last week by Mike Remmers, who used to be here with the Giants. Remember him? Yeah, so he'll be a little excited to play against us. So, we don't, like I said, we don't want to give any fuel to the fire out there. But I, I think that... You got to get on them early. You got to get on them often, and you got to be prepared for like those those fluke plays where he flips it underhand fifty yards to someone. Oh my so goodness! You just got to be prepared for anything. <laughs> He's a magician when he throws the ball. He's got a great arm. Yeah, we go to the phones at two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Lee in Atlanta, your first on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. Hello, Paul. Hey, how are you? I'm very good. How are you doing, Lee? I'm doing all right. 
I wanted to respond because I was listening to you guys. I don't think you put Bradbury on Tyreek Hill because he struggles against speedy receivers who are kind of twitchy. Scary Terry got to him and CeeDee Lamb got to him pretty good. So I think you play zone and shuttle and rally to the ball like Howard said. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to talk. Yeah, I think that's the best no, thing No, uh, we actually agree. I raised the question only because it needs to be raised, but I happen to agree okay. with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Kansas City, this game, um, I said we had three winnable games coming up. We got the first one. And I think this game, the key to it is confidence. I always looked at this team and was shocked at how it seems so talented when you look at it and then we just could not put it all together and we make mistakes randomly and one unit steps up and another unit falls back and so on. I think this team can gain a lot of confidence Monday night if they go in there and do what they should do, which is win this football game. Um, Talent-wise, except for a few mainstream players, I think we are right there with Kansas City right now as they are currently constituted. And I think the key to the game would be um, it's Monday night, Tampa Tampa Bay. Uh, Kansas City is going to be really amped up. The fans, the team itself is going to want to make a statement that they're still good and that they can pound on anybody and they see us coming in and mainstream thinks that we're a bad football team. I think if the Giants can withstand that first initial two or three drive barrage that they're probably going to put and try to go up big, I think the Giants can pull that out and I think they will. I really think we're going to win this game Monday night, and I think it'll probably be a shootout. Okay, Lee, you are now Mm -hmm. giving us an example of what Howard Cross calls the The cooler. cooler, The cooler. Uh, So so here's what I think about about what you're saying. I think that you got a lot of great points, but you also have to realize that we're playing shorthanded ourselves, and we've been playing shorthanded. Uh, The offensive line is the the third or fourth, fourth offensive line that we've kind of put together. Actually, like the seventh, Howard. The seventh <laughs> offensive line we put together. And you got to, like, confidence and all that is great, but you got to figure out a way to get kind of get some guys back healthy. Every guy that gets back healthy gives us a better chance to win week in and week out. And this week, we need one or two guys to show up uh, yeah. and, and, and do that. And, and what we're going to get is you're going to get a bunch of guys out there that are coming off practice squad. This will be their second week off practice squad, and, and they're going to get opportunities to play. You just got to hope that they can, you know, live up to the challenge. Coach said, by the yeah. way, just so you know, this morning that tomorrow's going to be a better indicator. They didn't have Shepard and Barkley and Galladay and Tony out there today. He did say Shepard was the furthest along mm-hmm. of any of them. In fact, Shepard wanted to play last weekend against Carolina, and they had him out on the field as a game-time decision, and the trainers shut him down and would not let him play. Yeah. But he was the closest. Yeah. He's got the hammy. Yeah, so you got you get these guys that are important guys in the skill position for your team that aren't going to be around. So, you know, we're we're asking a lot of of, of our guys, we're, and we're we're pulling for them. So they're going to have to play pretty much a flawless game. Uh, especially the thing they're going to have to figure out is how to clean up these penalties. Like that's the one thing that's kind of kind of being a stickler to them, and I don't know why they they're usually pretty pretty sound, but of late they just had a lot of penalties. And coach, you can see Coach Judge losing his mind on the sideline. Agreed. I still think we can do it. But, of course, we need some guys back. But I think we can pull it out. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. 201-939-4513. We should mention that to this point, Patrick Mahomes has nine interceptions. That ties for the most in the NFL with Zach Wilson of the Jets. Mm -hmm. The Giants 
have been able to get a takeaway, or at least one, in every game so far this year. Bradbury, of course, had the interception against uh, Sam Darnold yep. uh, in Carolina uh, against Carolina on Sunday. Um, look, they say they come in bunches. Sometimes they're lucky. Sometimes it's just the product of talent and instinct and making a good play. But one thing is for sure, Howard, that's a trend the Giants would like to continue if they're going to win. Yeah, they they like to get more takeaways and, and continue to get takeaways, but takeaways don't make victories. You know, you got to score, <laughs> and mm-hmm. and that's what's going to be the big thing. If they can get one, a pick six somewhere in the line, that that would help out the team a lot. But you know, getting takeaways is great. But uh, we're two and whatever, and uh, didn't do a lot so far. <laughs> so, I hear you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Hey, fans, remember there's still another half season of Giants football left, and you can secure season tickets and root on your Giants here at MetLife Stadium. In fact, boy, the crowd was electric during the fourth quarter of that game against Carolina. They wasn't were excited. Howard? They were very excited. And so were the players. Yeah. They were feeding off of that. That was a lot of fun. Their first home win with fans in the building since 2019. That's a big, that's a big moment. Anyway, you can speak to a Giants ticket representative now and become a season ticket holder by calling 888-NYG-1925. You can also uh, take advantage of trying to get your own private suite here at MetLife Stadium. Giant suites are a great way to entertain the family and friends while rooting on your Giants. You can also, again, call a representative at 888-NYG-1925. And remember, the Delta variant is spreading quickly in all areas of New York State. People who are not fully vaccinated are at greater risk for COVID-19. Protect yourself. Get vaccinated. Visit ny.gov slash get vaccinated or talk to your health care provider. Uh, I got to ask you about the gadget play, Howard, before we get back to the phones at 201-939-4513. The Giants wound up using a gadget last week where Devontae Booker took the handoff gave it off to Dante Pettis, who was coming on the reverse and had the wide receiver option to throw the ball to Daniel Jones leaking out on the right side. Uh, same as the Philadelphia special that we used mm-hmm. in the in the Super Bowl a couple of years back. I believe Tom Brady has also run the same play. Yep, yep. So this was not like a newly created play. In fact, Jerry Slaplinski, the quarterback's coach, from what I heard Joe Judge say, was the one who suggested earlier in the week mm-hmm. that they put it in the game plan. Okay. There are a number of fans who have said, oh, my God, putting Jones in that position is really, really dangerous. <laughs> and I understand that. But when you're the Giants and you're trying to create a spark and you're trying to move the ball down the field and you're trying to do something to get this offense going, I give them a lot of credit for calling it. And I asked Joe Judge yesterday on the uh, taping for the MSG Joe Judge report, how much did you discuss that play with Jason Garrett, your offensive coordinator, and do you tell him when to pull that out? Or do you, you know, because remember, Garrett calls the plays here. Judge Mm -hmm. doesn't. Garrett calls the plays. So I said, do you tell him when to pull that one out? And he said, you know, we talk about it all week, the situation and the circumstances that we might want to see to bring it out. And then as the game is going on and we're seeing the field position and we're seeing what the defense is doing, we kind of decided, okay, this was a good time to do it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, trick plays are are like uh, plays we call like uh, going for a big play, look for a deep ball. Right, that's what trick play basically is. Right, is for the deep ball for guys, especially when they're throwing the ball down the field. And it's just one of those times you're like, okay, we're gonna take a shot right here. How are you gonna take the shot? Are you gonna are you gonna send four guys deep? Are you gonna send one guy deep? Are you gonna, you know, do the flea flicker? 
It's another kind of play. It's a deep ball play. You're looking for a deep ball play. They just didn't quite get it down the field as deep as they wanted, but it, it still was a great play. Thank goodness it didn't go further because if Pettis had thrown the ball further, it would have been over Jones's head and he would have caught it. <laughs> well, he was, you know, the, the thing about running around is that even Jones is a super athlete, super fast too, is that he kind of got caught looking back to see what was going on instead of running. So that's what that's why the ball was a little bit out in front of him. If he would have been just running in regular stride and kind of glancing back and they threw the ball, he may have scored a touchdown. You know what, and and Howard, you're entitled to disagree here, but when I watched the play again, uh, when I watched it Monday several times, Mm -hmm. as impressive as it was for him to then reach up and pull it in, he got hit pretty hard by Sean Chandler, the safety coming over, as he was kind of cradling the ball, and then when he hit the ground, he hit pretty hard. I was more impressed, not just with the catch, but the fact that he held on to the ball through the completion of the catch. If you're a safety and you see a guy running out there, running around the You're going to whack him. Yeah, you get your shot at him. Like, okay, he's up. Okay, he's still up. I got a shot. I can get my shot. So that's what the safety was doing. He was trying to, like, dislodge the ball from him. He wasn't trying to. No question. He wasn't trying to hurt him or anything. No, no. He was trying to hit him. Break up the play. And the 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 I, I think probably the the big thing that I thought was really cool was that he caught the ball like he didn't really have it, so he had to kind of tip it to himself almost, and then cradle it, cradle yeah. it, and then put both hands. I on agree it with you through, through contact, but you know he does run the ball a lot, so he's used to contact. So I'll, 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 I won't give him as many points on that. But the whole catching, going down, falling. That, that's big. To me, that was more impressive than reaching up to grab it. And yeah. I, I just felt that way. I don't know. Maybe maybe yeah. that's just me, but I, I wanted to get your take it, on it was that. A, it was a very athletic move on, on all parts of it for him. Yeah. Hey, uh, let me ask you, too, while we have a chance. Again, 201-939-4513. Our lines are open. How is this running game going to get going, Howard? Because you can't go into every Sunday expecting Daniel Jones to lead your team in rushing. That is a dangerous proposition. Like you know, the backs are gotta gotta figure it out. The offensive line's gotta figure it out. Like the backs are gotta be able to take some dirty yards. Like and and a lot of times you're expecting big holes, you're expecting caps, you expect well, just take a dirty yard. Like, okay, if I know you can block your guy, I might be on your hip or your shoulder, depending on what side he's on, and I'm gonna ride you down in, in line for two or three yards. You know, an offensive lineman is that's able to move his guy off the ball. If you just get on his butt and and, and get behind him, you're going to get three yards before someone else gets you down. It's it's when you stop and cut sometimes, and that's what that's what backs are supposed to. That's their that's their natural ability. Mm-hmm. And if they stop and cut, and then all of a sudden someone's loose, well, you can get tackled. But I think that that's what's going to be. Even even when 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 Saquon eventually gets back, it's going to be the same thing. Saquon got to the point in the game he started like, okay, I'm gonna start pressing the hole a little bit more. I'm gonna start like. Leaning on my on my on my big tackles and guards and and letting them lead me up through the hole. And when he did that, the outside plays and his, and him being able to bounce starts to work because guys start to dive in quick. And then he can bounce and make his move. Now, in speaking of the offensive line, uh, we heard a lot from Daniel Jones and from Joe Judge today, uh, saying that Matthew Pert played a strong game at left tackle last week. Now, you know what, uh, Chris Jones 
the former All-Pro defensive tackle for the Chiefs, has been moved to defensive end this year. Yep. He's been playing right defensive end, yep. which is really not his natural position. Definitely not. Okay? And it's not working out so well for him over there. Well, the, but Parrott's going to have to draw him this week. Our luck, they'll move him back inside. You know, this is, <laughs> this is how it goes. But, uh, you know, the, the, okay, the experiment failed. We've got to get you back inside so you can get some pressure. But, you know, I, I think Parrott's did a good job. I think he's going to get, you know – even he he knows what he needs to do more of and how to get stronger at things and how to how to get after guys. I think he was getting banged up a little bit. He had to come out of the game a couple plays here. Yeah, and there. his finger. Yeah, so you know you got to get that thing wrapped up and put a little cast on it so we can get, get after guys. The only thing that does is keep him from holding. When it's a finger, you can't hold as much. That, that, that's what. You know. But that's a good thing. No, it's not. You need to be able to grab them and hold them. Well, yeah, but you don't want any penalties, Howard. (laughs) Don't use the – that's a dirty four-letter word to linemen. They don't like that word. It's only holding when they call the penalty. (laughs) Indeed. We go back to the phones. Line one has Peter from New Jersey. You're next on the show. Hello. Hi, how you doing? Very well, sir. What's going on, man? How you doing here, Howard? So, Evan Ingram, obviously with the trade trade deadline coming very quickly – um, his name is coming about. I'm I'm not in favor of, him, of them trading him. I think you know he's a very talented guy. I know he's had some tough times, but I think he's very talented, and you know, and it doesn't seem worthwhile for a fifth or sixth round draft pick like they got, you know, like Philadelphia got for Ertz. So, what are your thoughts, gentlemen? I, I think Zach Ertz is just a different situation. They were like trying to build for the following year, and the fact that they only got a fifth or sixth round pick for him. I think they had some confidence in the tight ends they have down in Philly now. Well, Ertz also, if I may say, Howard, made it very clear that his time in Philly had run out. Yeah. He, so, you know, he was not staying there. Yeah, so you, you, don't, you don't want a guy that's like, you know, complaining and, and whining and, and whatever, right. and especially now that you can move him. It used to be they would just cut you and get rid of you. Yeah, but and that, on the other side, Judge says that Ingram is like his favorite player. He yeah. loves Evan Ingram. So and, and Evan's here working hard, grinding, and starting to, you know, uh, as for this year, he had he I think he had one play there where it would be a negative play, but he's had like uh, I would say more than twenty to twenty five plays that have been super right. positive plays. I see him doing things like uh, you see the Daniel Jones run, Ingram coming over being a lead blocker in the Daniel Jones run. Like that that's that's not that's not something they would give him a responsibility before, you know, maybe his first year, but now he's grown into like, okay, follow me, big fellow. You can go this way. So that that's something good that he's done. I saw him catching the ball across the middle, throwing him tight end screens, trying to get him, you know, use his ability and his speed to make plays. They're dependent on him. So you gotta that's be a crazy guy for you to kind of trade away. That I don't think that would be smart. And remember right now, because they're down Tony, Shepard and Galladay those are three important targets in the passing game that the Giants aren't 100% sure what game they're going to come back. And so to Howard's point, Ingram is part of that passing attack. Yep. Do you want to further deplete that ability? You've got to have somewhere to throw the ball. Right. Yeah, I just read it a lot. On the, you know, I read it a lot on the Internet on different Giant posts. So, well, if you read it on the internet, know. it's true, right? It has to be. <laughs> <laughs> now they just keep suggesting his name, and I, I'm very disappointed. I mean, I don't see it. I, I so you you don't think it's going to happen? Obviously, no, nah, not unless they get like a, a bunch for him or something. You need you need to get a tight end back for him and a whole lot of stuff. It it, it, it would leave us with only two tight ends too, which would be another right. deficit. Okay, great. That's great news. That's great news. And again, I. I I, you know, big giant fan and enjoy you guys all the time. So thank, thank you, you so much. much for calling. 201-939-4513. Uh, if you're in the camp 
that wants to trade Ingram. He is tradable in that he's in the final year of his contract, that he won't cause you any dead cap money going into next year if you were to deal him. Ah, that's what it is. If you feel like that's something that needs to be done, that's the one argument that you could make logically that makes economic sense. But from a football perspective, as Howard just described, you'd kind of be hurting yourself and stubbing your toe by trading him. The other thing is, as I said, Joe Judge is extremely fond of Evan Ingram. He loves him, says he's his best practice guy, uh, does everything you could ask, and he's a huge, huge fan. So you got to consider that too. I I would think that, you know, because of the last year of his contract, if you're going to try to get something for him, I I would say that that would be, you know, something the GM would be looking at. You know, not us as fans, but the GM's looking at it, and he's looking at it from the standpoint of, all right, what's if this guy goes to the Pro Bowl again, what's he going to make the following, or what will he be asking for, right? So if he's like, how much is he going to be asking for? Can we afford to pay him that? Do we want to pay him that? And then that's where the trade happens. It doesn't really happen sometimes out of necessity. It kind of happens because, you know, hey, well, he, he may be too expensive for us, and why are we just going to let him walk to, and get nothing back for him? Why don't we try to get something for him on this way out the door? Yeah, I think the funniest part when you read the the rumor mill and fans who like to dream and fantasize about trades, they got to remember this is not fantasy football. (laughs) It's the National Football League where there are lots of implications to any transaction you make. Yeah. And there are a lot of reasons to make them or not make them. And most of them, the the newspaper writers and the fans probably don't even think about. And, you know, I, really. I, don't, I don't know many players that you trade for or trade away. So that that's the thing with me. It's like, you know, if you're trading for someone, that person usually shouldn't be playing. Now, Zach Hurts is like a unique spot, but Zach Hurts was complaining about his, con, you know, being mm-hmm. in Philadelphia. If a player's not complaining about it and he gets traded, it's like the guy that got traded from uh, May, that got traded from the Jets to safety. He was like, I don't want to get traded. Like trade them, like ow. So like you know, it's all it's all sorts of things that you can look at with that. And I and I know that fans are constantly trying to like. I heard a fan two weeks ago before we got the win. Like oh well, shouldn't we be looking forward to next year? I'm like no. I'm like you you can't keep continuously try to change everything and expect something better to happen. You start to get pieces and, and putting more pieces in and okay now we got it going if you keep changing everything you just keep setting the reset button can't do that it doesn't work 201-939-4513 is our phone number paul Dottino and howard cross with you until the bottom of the hour here on big blue kickoff live howard let me ask you though while we are talking about tight ends and i've had quite a few people ask me and i'm i'm puzzled myself Uh-oh. kyle rudolph had the foot issue during the offseason when the Giants signed him as a free agent off the Minnesota Vikings. Uh-huh. The guy's had a decade-long career in this league. He's big, he's strong, he's physical, wins the 50-50 ball, has terrific hands, has length, is a mismatch against any defensive back. You know, he's proven to be quite a good player. A couple times All-Pro. Mm-hmm. He comes to the Giants. Now, I know he had the foot thing, and I know the Giants have used him a lot as a blocker. And that's what's something he did very well in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. But does it surprise you that to this point, he's only got 10 catches for 87 yards and no touchdowns? Does that surprise you much at all that he has not been utilized more in the passing game? I, I don't know. I mean, it, it depends. Like when, when everybody's healthy early in the season, I can see 
him not getting many targets. Mm-hmm. As a, as the season goes down, he's starting to get more targets because there's just fewer people out there. This is true, right? So, uh, my my question would be, you know, uh, Jason had had Witten forever. He's kind of a Witten type guy, right? The uh, Rudolph. So, well, you're not gonna win a, a hundred yard dash with either of those players. Yeah, exactly. And what do Witten do? Like a little, little little quick outs, a little quick whatever. Near the end zone, run down there and put it, you know, post somebody up. Like he's going to the man. Hall of Fame on the backs of the Giants is what uh, he's doing. You know, whatever he, whatever <laughs> he's doing. I mean, but that's but that's the kind of guy that you get. Uh, so that's that's what that's the utilization of him. If if, if you want, if that's what you were going to try to do with him, but outside of that, you know, you just got to play the floor of the game. You got to be able to get in there and you know, you kind of make your own plays when you're when you're a pro or a college player, even a high school or whatever. You you go in, you practice, you you get started. When they ask you to do something, you show up and you do it. And you do it well, and you hope that when they get ready to call your number, that you can perform. Well, now remember, Howard, you never caught a huge amount of passes, but you found the end zone, and Sims would find you down there, knowing that you're six five, mm-hmm. and and you were a big target who he could count on to. Hey, I know this guy can go get it for me. I used to have the problem of I used to laugh about this all the time, but I used to block guys so well that they used to love for me to run routes. They were never gonna let me get off the ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh really? You might have drove me off the field right then. Let's see you get open there, big fella. And that's back when they could harass you all the way down the field. And I wasn't. That's right. And I wasn't super nifty at the whole shaking. And I'm like, wait, okay, this is not gonna work. But yeah, you know, you catch it when they throw it to you. You have more catches than anything. Uh, but you got to be happy with whatever role you get, and you got to be able to play with it. And 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 I played. A lot of years, and like some years, like I, I think a couple of years I had in the 30s, and looks like I was going to get 40 or 50 passes the following year, and the next year it just goes down. So you just don't know. So you just you play the role they give you. I want to say one year you reached the end zone like a half a dozen times, though, didn't you? Yeah, I've had a couple games with two touchdown games and stuff. Yeah. Just, it just happens I that mean, way. I Phil, mean, Phil would find you. Yeah, it's just, it just happens that way. You don't know when it's going to happen, though. Yeah. yeah. Hey, speaking of roles, uh, with Peppers now uh, out for the season, mm-hmm. and with C.J. Board with a broken uh, arm, mm-hmm. Giants need to figure out what they got to do with the kick return game. Any thoughts? I think they had Holmes. I saw him go back and, and he has returned kickoffs. Kickoffs, not uh, punts though. And I think uh, who was the young man who was returning the punts was number. Was it well Pettis? Pettis, got a shot. yeah, eighty-four. 84, Pettis. Well, that's Sills. Pettis is 13. Oh, 13. But Pettis did have, Pettis has had punt return. And Pettis, remember, when he came over from San Francisco, he had return experience. I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of curious when Tony gets back, Mm -hmm. if he could be the guy. Well, he probably will be the guy out of necessity. But the question is, you got to wait till he's totally healthy. Can't be a... uh, well, he feels pretty good. We're going to put him in the game. But let's get him to return. Right. Right. No, right. It's got to be. Bad idea. Are you 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 100%? Wait you, till you're back. Done. You're healthy. All right. Now we're going to use you, use you. And this is what you're going to have to do. 201-939-4513 is our phone number here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. I see the phones are starting to light up again, so we'll get to your calls in just a second. Again, coming up on Monday Night Football, it's the Giants at the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, interesting note, uh, over the years, uh, Giants have have done a pretty good job against Kansas City. I believe they're eleven and three, if I'm not mistaken, in the all-time series against the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Uh, you played them a couple times when you were here. Yeah, I played against my my, my good friend and college roommate for most of a lot of the time, uh, Derek Thomas. So we used to have a lot of fun playing against each other. We loved it. We loved it. I remember Derek Thomas. So we had a game out at Arrowhead Stadium. I want to say, my goodness, was it back in 1995 maybe? Probably. And and he got after uh, Dave Brown big time. <laughs> yeah. But he, he, was a special, <laughs> he was a special player, man, a special guy. And dearly missed. Yes, yes. May he rest in peace. All right. We go back to the phones. Pearson, let me just refresh the screen a second. And it would be Scott in New Mexico is on line one. Hello. Hi, guys. How are you today? We're well. How How are you? Good. Uh, Getting back to your point, Paul, and maybe, Howard, you can address it. First of all, Howard, I thought you were one of the best blocking tight ends in the NFL. Best uh, one I've, I've ever seen, seen Scott. Thank you. He was well, the, the only, best the only guy I could compare him to is uh, one of your contemporaries, Mark Brunner from Pittsburgh. He was also a great blocking tight end, too. Uh, but my question is this. Uh, if you extract uh, – the Giants right now have rushed for six hundred and approximately 642 yards. If you extract what Daniel Jones has rushed for – which is about 233, you're down to 409. That means the running backs are averaging 51 yards a game. And I know, Paul, you asked the question, how do we improve this? And I always go back to the days of Vince Lombardi and those famous sweeps where they would pull the two guards and you'd have guys who were slower than anything, Jim Taylor and Paul Horning, and they still got 10 or 12 yards. Yeah. And Very high real, execution level, Scott. Just remember yes. that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just wondering from either of your perspective, if running backs are averaging 51 yards a game, that's not going to cut it, no matter who you play. And I'm trying to figure out, do they, forgetting the trade deadline, isn't there another running back they have on their roster, too, that hasn't really seen very Gary much Gary Brightwell. The rookie. Brightwell. Yeah, he's on the roster. Why aren't they using him a little bit more? Because uh, I, I thought he was faster, actually, and I know Devonta Booker is a good back, but schematically, if you have jumbo packages or you have two tight ends, does that improve your ability to rush outside? Because if you're running inside all the time, people are going to get wise to it if you're running off tackle. And I was just curious from your perspective, is there a cure to actually adding a running back, forgetting the trade giant and using Brightwell a little bit more in in the game plan and seeing if that works and you can get your rushing statistic up a little bit. And I was just curious what your perspective Howard? was. Well, the problem with the running game is, isn't the running backs, it's the offensive line. They're not being able to get okay. their blocks. So when you when you think about Brightwell, uh, whether it's Saquon or whoever it is, no one's really, mm-hmm. getting, really getting started. So they're keying in on the backs when they touch the ball. If you pitch the ball to the side, most defenses are faster than most of your offense right. anyway, so they cover more ground and that's usually a tackle in the backfield unless you get lucky and someone knocks somebody down on the edge. The other problem with that is that if you pull a guard around the edges today, he's not allowed to run around the edge and cut anybody. So right. like you lose that other ability that, that was out there that helped you get, get the edge a lot. So if if the offensive line kind of, you know, they keep growing and get a little bit better, they do, they're getting better at pass protection. They need to get a lot better at, at, at the run blocking, and and that's kind of what's been happening. Is that that's the whole the whole thing. And if you run one one you call it one hole over or one slot over, and you get to the tight end, 
somebody from the inside is going to get to you because those are the guys who are making the plays on the inside. So, right. the, and the further you go to the outside, you're still think about this. If you go straight, you're one yard, two yards back, three yards back, right. you're going right into the line of scrimmage. If you go to, to the tackle or the tight end to the outside, that's three yards back, and then you have to come up field, and you give those guys who aren't getting blocked a chance to catch you in the backfield. Now, Scott, I would add this, and I don't know mm-hmm. how much weight you'd like to give to it, but I add it as a factor anyway. Brightwell is a, a very late-round draft pick, seventh-round, I believe, rookie, who was taken primarily because of special teams. Even right. uh, Coach Judge admitted, and I believe Dave Gettleman even told us originally, that it was Tom Quinn and Thomas McGahee, but primarily Tom Quinn, who saw him and said, I think I want this guy. So they drafted him primarily on the special teams recommendation of, of the Giants coaches. He wasn't drafted so much as a running back. So that may be part of it. And then the other thing is, too, he is a rookie. I don't know how much confidence they have or trust in him. They obviously trust Eli Penny. There's no question that they trust Eli Penny. And so, you know, he's gotten a little bit more of an opportunity. Not that he's had a lot, but but he's had more of a chance to run the ball than Brightwell. The one thing about running backs, uh, especially rookies, the only thing that matters about what their ability is if they can protect the passer when they're called to. A lot of rookies can't. And you're not going to just be in the game running the ball. If they're like, oh, he's going to run the ball. Let's key in on him. They're going to try to throw the ball. And when you throw the ball right. and they ask you to step up and block somebody and you can't, like Saquon, Love him to death, but he has a hard time stepping up and getting mm-hmm. guys sometimes because he's so used to running the ball coming from Penn State. So is the answer that the offensive line or their techniques have to improve in order for the statistic of, say, 51 yards a game between the backs improve? Yes. That It really comes down to the offensive line. It really doesn't come down it, to it, different it com- players. It comes down to 100% the offensive line because when they got their blocks, Booker looked pretty good. You know, got a couple right. little gaps. But if you don't get your blocks, you're dodging one guy in the backfield every every time you get the ball, and they'll tell you that they know that they got to get better at it. And they they'll tell you 100 percent they got to get better at it. They know it. Scott, I can give you one more answer. David Deal and I sure. were having a very same conversation about this topic uh, just last week, as a matter of fact, off the air. And David said to me, but I brought up to him, look, I've been watching the game a long time, and I've always had offensive linemen tell me run blocking is easier than pass blocking. They much rather enjoy run blocking over pass blocking. Mm-hmm. And I said, David, I'm not sure why this has become such a difficult task for this offensive line, aside from the fact that they've had to change guys out. Obviously, that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Right. And he said, well, you know what? He said the combo blocks are the ones that are the most difficult to do because if you don't have that instinctiveness and that chemistry and that that relationship with the guy next to you, he said what happens is when you're trying to do a combo block, it's disjointed. The steps aren't even. Your shoulder's not even. Your elbows aren't even. And he said any time that that happens and there's a disjoint in the, in the actual connection between the combo blockers, he said that automatically gives the defensive player an edge. Yeah, okay. what he's saying is is that you know we used to say uh, foot to foot. We have there you go, Howard. Right, hip to hip, exactly. You know, all the way up to your shoulders, and it's it's hard to do, and it's hard to do because you know a lot of teams in college are in two point stance for most of the most of the year. Then when they're asking you to put your hand on the ground, it's hard to get fit in that position. If you're in a two point stance, standing like like a lot of teams are doing, then you're trying to get down lower your shoulders and your hips 
and step together to get ready. Because when your hands on the ground, you're coming up together. But if you're standing, you're you're, you're trying to do a combo block from standing. It's it's difficult. So it's just interesting to see how these guys are doing it. Uh, when they negotiated negotiated the way practice time uh, for all teams, it made it hard on offensive linemen. Yeah, that's okay. the position oh. that suffered the most. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for Thank you, Scott. Time. 201-939-4513. We do have another line open. And in the meantime, let's go to line number two. Stas in Washington is next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, good afternoon. Doing good. Doing good. I, I, I actually, I see a lot of this Brightwell talk um, uh, out in the ether, people wanting to see him. And, and I just I just grabbed my head in the wall trying to understand why you want to put a late-round rookie running back in on like the seventh iteration of the offensive line and expect this guy to a produce b have ball security and c protect the quarterback like it's 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 really asinine to think that he's the guy to put in right now right now you got to put in the people who give you the best chance because our offensive line is just decimated at with injuries as is i mean we don't know who's you know Daniel Jones is meeting his offenses, his, his, uh, his guard, the day of the game, that practically. <laughs> yeah. Stas, to Howard's point, Devontae Booker throughout his career has been a really good blitz picker-upper. And as a matter of fact, last Absolutely. weekend against Carolina, he did a really good job of helping to pick up the pressure. You don't, you don't put the a guy. The first thing I did yeah. when – when he was signed and, and, and Dave Gettleman was like, well, he's a three-down back and we need a three-down back, the first thing I did was look up how he was how he did in pass protection. So I didn't follow him. I didn't know too much. And I was just like, okay, I see his point. You know, you got a, a starter coming back injured. But um, what I really want to talk about was the, the KC game this week. Um, here's my opinion. There's two ways to go about this, right? If we don't, if we don't return weapons, and um, and we have to we're gonna have to play extremely conservative. We're gonna have to do pretty much what we did at Carolina: long drives, try to keep the score low, and and so on and such forth. Um, but if we do get weapons, after looking up all the stats on the the KC defense, if we do get weapons, I, my my mind goes the exact opposite way. Uh, I think we need to score as many points as possible and hope to lean and break a, uh, a poor defense and force a struggling offense to, to keep up, which I know that's not really our bag, but I think in this game, because it is the Kansas City Chiefs and you never know when they're going to explode on you, if you have the opportunity to score, I think you need to drive the score up as much as possible because Patrick Mahomes to me is one of the best quarterbacks in the, in the league, and at any given moment, I feel like he could write his shit. And I'll take what your, your guys thought to that offline. Thank, Thank you, you Stas. Be well. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think that you want to score points regardless. It, 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 you can score touchdowns every time you get the ball. That'd be great. I think the Giants offense also still struggling with some red zone woes. So they got to figure out how to put the ball in the end zone. If it's from distance, put it in there from distance. Well, once they get to the red zone, they got to put the ball in the end zone. Uh, I think that's more more important than anything else. Like I said before, uh, Paul, we said this earlier, Pat being down 17, Pat being down 20, not a big deal. But this offensive line, it could be a big deal. But Pat being down any amount of points right now, if he still believes in himself, isn't a big deal to him. You know what's interesting, Howard? 
I'm looking at Kansas City's red zone efficiency, only 63% this year, which is 12th in the league. Mm-hmm. For them, that is awfully low. And I think, to me, that's a byproduct of a struggling offensive line yep. and the lack of a running game. Yeah, but you know, with Kelsey and everybody, they should be a little bit better. They just should You would be. think. Yeah, because you, you get that tight end in control in the middle of the field. But it's going to be interesting to see. By the way, folks, just so we don't give you this one-sided opinion, let's uh, let's make it clear that Patrick Mahomes has thrown for over 2,000 yards this year. He is fourth in the NFL in passing yards, and he is third in the NFL with 18 passing touchdowns. That, so, so please. And that's with a bad <laughs> offensive line. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So let, let's make it very clear He's that, still Patrick oh, Mahomes. woe is me, Kansas City's three and four, and everybody wants to throw dirt on this team. Uh, they could still sting you yeah. big time. Yep, in any moment. Tyreek Hill is waiting, waiting to make his play. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Uh, they're averaging 27 points a game on offense, but they are giving up 29 a game on defense. Um, let me talk about Steve Spagnolo a second, the defensive coordinator, Howard. Mm-hmm. We saw him here with the Giants on two different occasions. And I think, to be frank with you, I've always had great respect for him. They're pressuring the quarterback with blitzes on 31% of the snaps, which is the sixth most in the National Football League. Yet they only have eight sacks, which is tied for the fewest with Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. Spags, from what we understand talking to the Giants people, is doing his usual thing. He's coming with heat. He's mixing up all kinds of coverages, mixing up all kinds of looks like he's always done. But this is another case of if you don't have the players (laughs) and the players aren't producing, it doesn't matter how good the coach is or how much he wants to scheme it, it's going to be a problem. Well, Spags is a great guy in in the aspect of, of coming up with great schemes. But when he was with the Giants, he had great defensive lines, right? You had well, pro bowlers and, and, and Hall of Famers and all kinds. His of, whole defensive unit had talent. Yeah, so he, he had he had a great defensive line. So it wasn't that the guys were automatically getting uh, sacks with these blitzes. They were getting sacks from Strahan and O.C. and, and, and Tuck and Yumi Yora. Well, he would pull back on blitzes now, knowing the front yeah. four could get there. When you have four horses up there, the, 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 the four horsemen up there, it's pretty hard to, to, to worry about it. Now you go to Kansas City. You don't have the four horsemen. You got one guy playing out of position. And Frank Clark has been a big disappointment yeah. since they got him in that trade. So now you get all these guys and you're trying to figure out, like, okay, who's going to step up? Like, like I keep telling people, don't, don't. Fuel them. Don't fuel any fire because don't tell them that we could beat them. Don't say anything about that. Just let them stay in the funk that they're in for at least one more week. But if, at any moment, one of those guys could be like, hey, I'm tired of this. Let's get this going. Well, <laughs> you, you only got to go back to the Baltimore game uh, earlier this year when mm-hmm. uh, Honey Badger, uh, Tyra and Matthew, mm-hmm. had two interceptions, including one pick six. Mm-hmm. And you know Spags. With his ability to come up with creative ways to use a player like that, who usually plays all over the field anyway, yep. you got to keep an eye on him. He could yeah. burn you. Yeah, but the, the big thing for them is like for this particular game for for the team to, that we have is that you got to find a way to get like if you do score next time, score again. If you can get two scores, figure out how to run the ball a little bit. Try to keep Patrick off the field and make him stress out about having to make a play when he gets on the field, even though he can. Just make him stress out about it because that offensive line will be like out there a little desperate. They've been having a lot of penalties. They've been, they've been doing a lot of everything. They're, they're a bad team right now. 
one thing the Giants should be able to to use to their advantage, and Joe Judge, I know, is going to stress this as he does every week, special teams. The kick coverage units have been really good, Howard. They've done a nice job. And I know C.J. Board's now out with a broken arm, but, you know, Cam Brown uh, has done a pretty good job on special teams. Nate Ebner is in there on specials. Yeah. Uh, Giants, Giants have limited some of that return yardage on the kick returns, and it's always better to win the battle of field position when you go up against an explosive offense. Yeah, but they give it back when they when they when they're returning the ball with penalties. <laughs> you know, so you, I can't disagree with you're that. Bragging about something they're doing good when you know if oh they kept them inside the twenty, then they they got they got a penalty. They're inside the twenty. It doesn't. It, there's no give and take. You want to like be? They got to be solid all the way around. And those guys know that. They know that. They know that they're giving, you know, giving away yards. 201-939-4513. We have a few minutes before the show is over. If you want to give us a quick call, we will get you in. Logan Ryan said something last week, Howard, and I know actions are much more important than words, but I thought he backed them up. When he said last week, I know I'm a captain, and I've been telling guys about this and that and this and that and that and the other thing, but this week going into the Carolina game, I'm going to worry about being the best player I can be. I'm going to be the best safety that I can be. Worry about my job and just tell everybody else, do your job, you know, and if we all do that, collectively we'll be better. Look, I'm not going to be one who's going to sit here and say a speech like that makes all the difference in the world, but maybe the mindset and the philosophy of just controlling what you can control and not worrying about the guy next to you may have been part of the reason the Giants were more effective. Is that possible? Yeah, no, I, I saw it at the Alabama game, too, after Texas A&M. You know, one of, the, one of the linebackers got up and said, like, you know what, it starts with me. I'll take care of it. And I was like, oh, big talk. You know, <laughs> That's kind of cool for a guy that plays. There's like 10 other guys on the field. And let me tell you, he brought the heat the whole game, and the rest of the team picked it up. So when guys start making plays, I think Adore Jackson made a tackle early in the game. They threw the ball underneath to the tight end. He smoked him. I'm like, okay, I see you now. Okay, so like you see guys doing that. Uh, you 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 had some guys in the middle of the field. I think it was 49, like McKenzie, right? McKinney is the new Mc, linebacker. Mc, they McKinney brought in. He put he a, hit, a couple of hits. Put a hit on the guys. Like, hey, mm-hmm. like uh, you're not running through here like that. Once guys start popping people, you know, Dexter Lawrence coming up the middle, look looking like he's just washing through guys. They start popping people. It starts to get contagious. I got to tell you something, too, Howard. It's fun watching Aziz Ojolari. Even though he's a rookie and he's playing limited amounts of time, he's shown some really fun flashes. He has a great, great, great ability to to get the the tackle's hands off of him and to dip his shoulder underneath. Once he dips his shoulder and he's past you, there's nothing you can do. Like It's literally like, you know, Von Miller. You see all these guys doing the exact same move. They swat the hands, the hands miss just a little bit, and then they dip their shoulder. Once they dip their shoulder, you're touching a guy on his back, he's by you. And like and that's what Ojulari is doing. Like it's just it's incredible. Five and a half sacks already this year leads all NFL rookies. Yeah, he's he's gonna have a lot more too. Bruce from Virginia on line one. We're gonna sneak you in as the last caller on the show. Hello. Hey, hey. Bruce. Glad yeah, glad to talk to you guys. Thank I you. Enjoy listening to your feedback. Um yeah, two things. Uh, we get a lot of injuries, and I'm wondering if they need to look at the conditioning coach, number one. And number two, uh, the last time Barkley was hurt, he, he wasn't hurt in a play. He was hurt 
uh, stepping observing. on a foot. And yeah, well, yeah, but he was Paul. He was observing the play. <laughs> yeah, but he so, stepped on a foot, and the, and the ankle twisted, that, and that's why it blew up like a tennis ball. No, I understand that, Paul. But he, but my my view is he he was looking at the play instead of being involved in the play. Anyhow, I'll just uh, listen to your comments. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Thank you. All right. Howard? So, so number one, uh, guys get banged up all the time. There's nothing you can do about it. Uh, the difference between the guys of my era and the guys of this era, I'm a beer and wing guy. <laughs> and these guys are in perfect health and condition, and it's just different. They're like different body types, different things. Also, the the rules were different back then. Where if I got hurt, I never wanted the guy behind me to play ever. And I would do everything to convince the trainers I was fine. That's the old Wally Pip syndrome. Yeah, but it's, it, it is, but it's true. And like today, today's guys, if you get something, they pull you in a heartbeat. I can remember many times running goes like, oh, I think you broke a couple ribs. I'm like, I'm fine. Like, really? Could you come over and let me look at you for a second? Like, I'm, I'm fine. Go, go, go treat somebody else. Like, I was squirting blood out of my elbow all the way, almost from the sideline, almost to the, to, to the field. And they're like, Okay, what is that? I'm like, I don't know. Can we tape it up though so we can get back in there? I broke my hand my second year in the season, uh, uh, a second year in the league, and I and I first game of the season. I'll always remember it. It was, can he catch? I'm like, I don't know. I can catch like this maybe. He's like, but can you still block? Yeah, I can still block. Put him back in the game. Like it's just, <laughs> that's the kind of football we played. So so for him to. I understand what he's saying, but that's not what happens now. Guys feel something, and it's like, okay, right. we got to check on it. And the injuries are like crazy. And I still don't know how these injuries happen. And it's not the Giants. This is just, like I told somebody the other day. Like I was, I was with Mike Quick and some other guys, and I was like, I was like, I got to ask you guys something. How long did you play? Like thirteen years, fourteen years. One. Have you ever heard of a non-contact injury? And they kind of laughed. I'm like, so what is it? And they're like, I don't know. Like for us, a non-contact injury is we tear an Achilles because we're old, you know. <laughs> but guys are doing it. Their calves are pulling. They're, 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 they they tweak a knee or something. That just means that they're like strung so tight that things are getting knocked knocked around. And I blame it on and I and I'm you know I'm old school, but I blame it on the fact that you can't have a boxing match without sparring. Mm-hmm. And they took away a lot of practice. Now they say, well, injuries in practice, injuries in practice, injuries in practice. But you take it away where well, you're not used to getting bumped and, and leverage and stuff. And that's that's just it. And as far as the Saquon Barkley, and I'll finish with this because I got to get out of here too. As far as Saquon Barkley, I'm sorry, I forget the gentleman's name, but Saquon was looking at the ball that was thrown over his head. So he wasn't watching the play, he was watching the ball and he stepped on somebody. And that's kind of how it works. Like, if you can't reach it and it goes over your head, you're like, oh, man, and they step on somebody's foot, that's not <laughs> it's, it's just uh, just luck of the draw. Where kids got a little bit of a snake bite in him. Stuff happens. <laughs> yeah, that's a cute way to say it. But he, he's, got, he's a little bit snake bit. You know, he's got to figure that out. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. We appreciate everybody for tuning in and for calling. Uh, don't forget, you can always catch the archive of this show as part of the Giants media platforms everywhere, your Giants podcast uh, platforms, your regular podcast network platforms, and Giants.com slash podcasts. For Howard Cross, I'm Paul Tatino. We'll talk to you next time.